0: Section 1 of Greek Athletics by Frederick Adam Wright. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Heather Eny Athletics and Athletic Festivals. Athletics, whether ancient or modern, is a wide term covering a large field of bodily activities while the boundaries between sport and athletics are often hard to fix. But we may safely distinguish four main branches of physical energy. 1. Athletics proper, where the essential feature is the competition with its almost invariable concomitant, the prize. Athlon, the two things going so closely together that as in the Grand Prix, the same word is used for race and reward two gymnastics the training of the body by a system of exercises in which the naked limbs are allowed free play competition is here often replaced by united action and there is a close connection with the sister arts of music and medicine three drill the particular form of bodily training which is necessary to fit a man for the duties of a soldier It includes all the varieties of military exercise and practice with arms, and differs from athletics and gymnastics in that its formal purpose is purely utilitarian. Four, games of various kinds, played either singly or in company, and usually requiring some sort of implement, a ball, a stick, or a hoop. The elements of competition and united effort are usually present but a prize is not essential the history of organized athletics in greece is a very long one and extends for some twelve hundred years the olympic register of winners in the foot race begins 776 six b c this year being taken as the first olympiad when in the third century b c the olympic register came into use as the recognized method of reckoning dates from seven seventy six b c to a d two seventeen the list as drawn up by julius africanus has been preserved intact for us by eusebius in the third century of our era the roman empire attacked by goths was forced to call in the greeks to fight once more for their native land and even when the invading hordes were repulsed the effects of their ravages were still felt the olympic games as a permanent institution apparently ceased after the gothic invasion and the policy of constantine hastened the process of decay christianity now the official religion looked with little favor on the ancient festivals and finally theodosius i probably on the advice of st ambrose in a d three ninety three abolished the games by imperial edict the last Olympic victor known to history being a certain Armenian knight, a man of gigantic strength named Verastad. There is hardly any other Greek institution which has had so long a career. Through the centuries, from the age of the tyrants to the great era of the free states, from the rise of Macedonia to supremacy, through the troubled years of the Achaean and Aetolian leagues while greek lay crushed under the rule of the roman senate and while it had its brief revival of prosperity under the roman empire in spite of every vicissitude of fortune year by year the olympic games took place there is something impressive in this continuity which links together periods otherwise so different and historians have laid full stress on the services that olympia rendered in emphasizing the sense of national unity and goodwill. but exaggeration is very possible here and no one can say that these athletic festivals created or maintained an atmosphere of peace among the constantly warring greek states any more than that their recent revival As an international event has succeeded in bringing harmony to our modern empires. The chief benefit of all these gatherings is the stimulus they afford to local and national patriotism. But whether the dangers of such competitions are not greater than the advantages is a question still undecided, and it may be useful to remember that in Greece, despite the general popularity of athletics, the two leading states, athens and sparta during the greatest period of their history held somewhat aloof the reasons that actuated them were different for athens athletics were too specialized for sparta they were not specialized enough but the fact remains that the two cities which give to us most of what is valuable in greek culture took but little interest in this particular organization the athenian in his indifference was influenced probably by various currents of thought there was the old ionian vein of softness which made the arduous straining of the athlete distasteful and led to the formation of the adjective athlios distressful from the noun athlon the spirit that regarded work as plaguy nuisance the carrying of burdens as vulgar and any form of manual labour as beneath the dignity of a gentleman there was also the finer feeling that the excessive pursuit of athletics tended to coarsen rather than to refine the human body by developing particular muscles at the expense of general grace and thus destroying that eutropelia the ready nimbleness of mind and limb which the athenian valued most lastly there was the just belief that athletics in themselves are but a means to an end the health of the body and that although the end is a desirable one a healthy mind is even more important this is the point of view that xenophanes of colophon represents when he says it is not right to prefer strength to the blessings of wisdom our wisdom is better than the strength of men and horses it is not speed of foot that gives a city good government nor does it bring fatness into the dark places of a land in the next century euripides repeats the complaint and in more bitter language of all the countless evils in greece none is worse than the athlete tribe slaves of their belly they know neither how to make money nor to bear poverty in early manhood they seem fine fellows and strut about the darlings of the town but when old age comes like worn-out cloaks they are flung aside and for all this mischief the athletic gatherings with their crowds of useless spectators are chiefly responsible the principle of valuation is wrong for who by skill in wrestling or by lifting the discus or by a shrewd blow on the jaw ever helped his native land even though he won the prize will men fight the foe holding a discus in both hands or will they get home with one fist through the foeman's shield no one thinks of such folly when he is standing near cold steel these last lines though written by an athenian poet represent the spartan reasons for withdrawal from olympia in the early days of the festival from seven twenty to five seventy six b c the number of spartan victors in the list is very large and shows indeed an undisputed spartan supremacy after five seventy six they ceased almost entirely and the disappearance of sparta coincides with the specialization of athletics which then began at delphi corinth and nemea small local games were changed into national festivals which hoped to rival olympia besides the four great festivals there were countless smaller competitions established at athens for example at argos and Pellene, and the first result was a distinct rise in the standard of athletic performances so that definite training became necessary to win success secondly people began to attend the meetings purely as spectators and additional competitions in music poetry even in beauty were introduced to please an idle audience with the result that at last these gatherings presented almost as many attractions as a medieval fair it was against this combination of international merrymaking and individual prize-winning that the spartan system was a protest sparta for the spartans was the ruling principle of the spartan state and aliens who tried to establish themselves at lacedaemon were removed by somewhat drastic methods in a state where all personal initiative was discouraged the international athlete honored by poets and sculptors for his mere personal prowess could have no place moreover athletics which the spartans were prepared to support as a useful recreation tending to produce that which alone in their judgment was of importance to a state good soldiers had in the sixth century before christ become an end in themselves and the gulf between the specialized athlete and the soldier very quickly began to widen the athlete soon became a professional in fact if not in name with little time for anything else but training a class of professional instructors came into existence and sparta after first excluding the trainers finally forbade her citizens to take part in such competitions she saw that the spirit of the professional athlete was at enmity with the military ardor which she made it her business to create and so after about the middle of the sixth century she practically withdrew from active participation in the olympic festival the withdrawal of sparta however had also its political reasons and was only part of her general disapproval of the tyrants while she the dorian ox represented the principle of individual isolation the tyrannus the ionian horse was the champion of expansion and national unity athletic festivals were to the tyrants one of several means whereby the commercial and social intercourse of all the greek states on the mainland or across the seas might be encouraged and the period of the tyrant's prosperity was also the period when most of the panhellenic games were instituted periander tyrant of corinth founded the isthmia about 586 bc cleisthenes tyrant of Sicyon, about the same time helped the amphictyons to establish the pythia the nemea which began in 573 almost certainly owed their importance to one of the tyrants of argos who succeeded Phidon. as for phaidon himself it is probable that he should be regarded as the second founder of the olympic games and that his was the influence which changed a local festival into a national gathering where east and west could meet we know that the chief object of his policy was to promote free intercourse with south italy and sicily and the geographical position of ellis looking across the western sea was probably an important factor in his plans but however this may be and we know too little of faidon to be dogmatic it is a certain fact that the olympic games were reorganized by the managers at ellis sometime in the early part of the sixth century b c the festival which had been for one day only was now enlarged and the chief competitions became races for chariots and single horses these taking the place of importance giving formerly to the simple running and wrestling matches of which alone the spartans approved Chariot races, except in so far as they improve the breed of horses, have no military value. And they also require a considerable expenditure of money, time, and trouble, things of which Sparta thought better use might be made. But they exactly suited the merchant princes of the West. And after 550 BC, we find the Greeks of Italy and Sicily playing always a very prominent part at Olympia of the ten treasure-houses that there have been identified five belonged to them and possessing those material resources which the home-staying greeks so painfully lacked they were able both very frequently to win the chariot race and also to commission pinder to celebrate their victories among other places that were especially successful in the athletic contests we find the great african colony of cyrene the island of rhodes whence came the famous athlete dorius and curiously enough the little state of agina for whose citizens pindar wrote no fewer than eleven of the forty-four epinician odes we now possess athens was occasionally represented sparta never at the beginning of the fifth century the four great names were all firmly established the olympic took place in the first year of each olympiad the nemean and the isthmian came in the second year the pythian in the third and the nemean and the isthmian again in the fourth every year therefore the greek athlete had one competition open to him and in alternating years two of the four the nemean games were the most purely athletic as befitted a festival where the old peloponnesian traditions still maintained some of their vitality the pythians gave rather more importance to literary and musical competitions than did the others one of the chief events was a recital of the hymn to apollo and there were also contests in flute-playing the Isthmians, which were the most frequented by the Athenians, catered especially for sightseers, and there was a large number of side shows of every kind. But the Olympic festival, the first of the four to be established, always maintained its premier place, having furthermore the distinct advantage of a site especially designed and reserved for this one great occasion. The games were to the ruling families of Elis what the oracle was to the ruling families of Delphi, a source of honor, profit, and wealth, and every effort was made to glorify and embellish the precinct of Olympian Zeus. Of that precinct, the Atlas, we have a very full description by the old Greek traveler Pausanias, who visited it in the second century of our era following his indications german archaeologists assisted by their government excavated the greater part of the site with the most careful thoroughness between the years eighteen seventy five and eighteen eighty one and discovered there inter alia nearly all the exterior temple sculptures the hermes of praxiteles and the victory of peonius although they failed to find any trace of the greatest treasure of all THE SITTING FIGURE OF ZEUS BY Phidias. The Atlas is a quadrilateral space, where goats now feed, about 750 feet long by 570 feet broad, lying between the river Alpheus on the south and a low but steep hill thickly wooded with pine trees, the ancient mount of Kronos, which rises to the north immediately to the west the river cladius flows between high sandy banks into the alpheus which now in the summer is only a trickle of muddy water running over a broad gravelly bed but in old times it was a navigable stream in the precinct itself stood the temple of zeus built by the architect liban about 460 bc to house the statue of the god the temple of hera one of the oldest of greek shrines dating back perhaps to the tenth century b c the treasuries of the various states and the council house the stadion some two hundred and thirty by thirty-two yards where the athletic contests took place was just outside the precinct at the northeast corner, the spectators being accommodated on raised embankments of earth, which may have contained as many as 45,000 people standing. The festival took place at the time of one of the summer full moons, and as soon as the sacred truce was proclaimed, sightseers began to flock in by sea and land from all parts of the Greek world, the first day of the five to which the games in 472 bc were extended was spent in sacrifices and general festivity while the competitors and the judges the helenotokai took the oath of fair dealing on the second morning at daybreak the judges in purple robes were conducted to the special seats reserved for them the herald proclaimed the names of competitors and the day was spent in chariot and horse races and in the pentathlon competition for men the crown of wild olive which was the only prize being presented by judges to the victors at the conclusion of each event the boys contests came on the third day the men's foot races wrestling boxing and pancration on the fourth and the last event of all was the race for men in armor on the fifth day there were sacrifices again and in the evening a ceremonial banquet at which the victors were entertained this was the beginning of that athletic glorification to which sparta so strongly objected and their homecoming was usually made the occasion of the most elaborate celebrations exenidos of agrigentum for example who won the foot-race in four sixteen b c was brought into the city in a chariot to which his fellow-townsmen harnessed themselves and was escorted by three hundred cars drawn by white horses in the western states especially they sometimes received almost divine worship their exploits were recorded on stone monuments and songs composed in their honor were sung by bands of youths and maidens while for the rest of their lives they had the privilege of a front seat at all public festivals and often also the right of taking their meals free in the town hall all this was part of the exaggerated pomp with which the festival itself in all its details was conducted its processions feastings proclamations and sacrifices where each state vied with the others in making a show of gold and silver plate and displaying all the wealth they possessed ostentation was not a common fault in greece but it had full scope at olympia the two worst defects of the greek character were also prominent there a contempt for women which forbade any female even to be present and an exaggerated ideal of racial purity which shut out all competitors except those of undisputed greek descent but the spectacle must have been a splendid one and it undoubtedly inspired some of the finest works of greek art the erection of a statue in the atlas was one of the honors given to victorious athletes to glorify their triumph And if the victor was unable himself to meet the expense of setting up such a monument, the cost was often borne for him by his native city. In the courts of Olympia, as Walter Pater says, a whole population in marble and bronze gathered quickly, a world of portraits out of which, as the purged and perfected essence, the ideal soul of them, emerged the Diadumenus and the Discobolus. Pausanias gives us a list of some of the great sculptors whose works were still standing there in his time. Hagelatus, Pythagoras, Calamus, Myron, Polycletus, Lysippus, and possibly Phidias. And these nude figures established a canon of bodily perfection which had no little influence in actual life. Poets also vied with sculptors in glorifying the Olympic victor. Simonides of Chaos and Bacchylides sang his praise, and in the Epinician odes of Pindar, we have the greatest of all memorials to the athletic spirit, verse that is all of gold and wine and flowers, and is itself avowedly a flower or liquid nectar or the sweet fruit of his soul to men that are winners in the games, as when from a wealthy hand one lifting a cup made glad within the dew of the vine maketh gift to a youth the keynote of pinder's verse is there with a choral music unsurpassed in any language with wealth of legend and myth with accumulation of epithet and metaphor pinder bears his witness to the pride of physical perfection and with all the grandeur of his odes it is significant that he lacks conspicuously both the spartan virtue of simplicity and the athenian desire for economy of effort his soul rejoiced in splendour splendour of stately palace halls where the columns were of marble and the entablature of wrought gold splendour of temples of the gods where the sculptor's waxing art had brought the very deities to dwell with man splendor of the white-pillared cities that glittered across the aegean and sicilian seas splendor of the holy panhellenic games of whirlwind chariots and the fiery grace of thoroughbreds of the naked shapely limbs of the athlete man and boy footnote e myers odes of pindar splendor was the ideal alike of the achaean chieftain the corinthian tyrant and the olympic judge but the stern lesson of the persian wars led the greek people in the fifth century to higher things and the true spirit of Athletics athletics passed from the magnificent precinct of olympian zeus to the simple exercising grounds which every town possessed Olympia and its prizes fell into the hands of professionals, but gymnastics remained an essential part of national education. End of section one.